Hello and welcome to the Pastor and People podcast. This is the host, Isaac Adams, sitting here with Christy Anyabuile and the Beatty Anyabuile. How are y'all doing today? Great. Doing good, man. Good to see you. Good to see you. Good to have you all back on the porch and in this podcast. Thanks for having us. We've been talking about shepherding women in this series. And in, in the podcast in general, Pastor and People, we're just speaking about how pastors and people can work together for their mutual joy and their mutual edification in the Lord uh, so that pastors aren't domineering over their people and people are loving their pastors well, serving their pastors well, uh, enjoying their pastors so that they might enjoy God and live to his glory. And in that, we've been talking about this subset then of shepherding women, shepherding sisters in the church. We talked about Titus 2. We looked at that. We looked at what is what are the unique needs of women? Um, who are the older women in the church per se? How might the pastors better serve them so that they might serve the younger sisters? We looked at those things. Uh, we And then we began to talk about boundaries. And I want to continue that conversation today. Uh, thinking about what are appropriate boundaries between pastors and the sisters in the church. Because we talked about how some pastors erect walls that are inappropriate, that event, that effectually distance women uh, and only keep them in the nursery or only keep them serving hospitality cookies or things of that sort. Uh, but then we did talk about appropriate walls and sometimes how pastors or wolves, for that matter, can hop over those fences uh, and lead to abuse. So, Christy, I want to start with you. Any comment on appropriate boundaries that a pastor must maintain with the women? Yeah, um, that's an, a really excellent question, um, especially given that in a lot of churches, women kind of predominate in terms of numbers, um, that there are lots of churches where um, women are the majority. And so there are lots of opportunities for pastors in shepherding women um, to uh, to just minister to them, and so therefore they need to be aware of ways that they can put up appropriate boundaries. And I think it starts with accountability and um, pastoring in, you know, in community. So with um, staff or other elders, just the pastor having some sort of um, intentional accountability uh, so that he can be asked um, hard questions, um, and also so that he can uh, just be protected. And um, I think what my mind goes to as well is in First Timothy 5, where um, Paul encourages Timothy to treat uh, older women as mothers, younger women as sisters in all purity. And that just is a good biblical principle and instruction to follow uh, by pastors and just, you know, members of the church in general. But um, I think that that kind of um, is, a, is, a, is a way to umbrella um, other things that might come in the way of boundaries. Mm. So maybe in counseling, um, a pastor might not counsel uh, women alone or where other people aren't around and available um, not that, you know, there should be undue um, questioning or doubt, uh, but just as a, as a protection mm -hmm. that you don't want to have even a hint of immorality or impropriety as it relates to a pastor's relationship with women in the church. Mm -hmm. So those are a couple things that come to mind 
right away. Mm. Yeah. That's helpful, sis. T, any additional comment? Well, either great minds think alike, or when, when you're married long <laughs> enough, you share a brain, because those are <laughs> those are a couple of texts where my mind goes. So um, think about that First Timothy 5 passage. Mm-hmm. Um, treat older women as mothers, uh, younger women as sisters, with absolute purity, the way the NIV renders it, I think. Um, that family language really should be taken to heart Mm -hmm. when it comes to thinking about how we relate to women in the church and how we shepherd them and how we, uh, to sort of get to your question, how we guard against impropriety, Mm -hmm. right? So a pastor having an illicit sexual relationship with a woman in his church ought to be seen as unnatural and as repulsive Mm -hmm. as a a, a man sleeping with his sister, Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. So because we are to be regarding the younger women as our sisters mm-hmm. and treating them with absolute purity. Mm-hmm. Now, it's, it's only a man who's twisted in his thinking who thinks about his sister mm-hmm. in sexual ways. Right. So that should be we, we want to be working to the place where that's as foreign to us uh, as thinking about our natural sisters mm-hmm. um, in those ways. And, and certainly to be thinking about our the older ladies in our congregation as mothers and, and honoring them and respecting them mm-hmm. and and caring for them is, is crucially important. Uh, related to that is a text that Christy mentioned in Ephesians 5, I think Ephesians 5, around verse 3, uh, there shouldn't even be a hint of sexual immorality uh, among us, right? Now, the text doesn't say there shouldn't be a hint of male-female interaction among us, right? right? Mm -hmm. Because we've already established that it's a family. In a family context, there are natural relationships and interactions between the genders. Um, But there shouldn't be a hint of sexual immorality among us, which speaks to this pursuit of of purity, of of intention and action in the relationships, and this avoidance of things um, that begin to creep up on even. Mm -hmm. You begin to sort of tack toward immorality, mm-hmm. right? There's so many things that are they're basically on-ramps to immorality. Mm-hmm. You know, the, mm-hmm. the time you spend alone, the time you talk about intimate things that you shouldn't be, the intimacies you share that you shouldn't share, um, the touches that are shared that shouldn't be that shouldn't be shared. All those are on-ramps to immorality. And, and the scripture here is saying it shouldn't even be a hint of those things mm-hmm. among us. So thinking about the family context really deeply and applying that. And then pursuing this holiness, this this avoidance of even the hint of immorality, those are the kinds of sort of conceptual and motivational frames I think you want to put on this this on your question. And then beyond that, there's there's a, a number of just very specific practical things that I encourage. So if you take Titus two seriously, uh, and the pastors are discipling the older women of the congregation, and by that we mean the older women of the congregation, <laughs> um, then, then chances are you're actually spending the bulk of your time with women uh, for whom, in all likelihood, the sort of sexual immorality is not kind of at play. Right. You know, if you're, you're a pastor in your 30s or right. maybe your 40s, and you're spending time with the women who are in their 60s, right. Chances are, you know, that you feel that this is my mother thing mm-hmm. much more easily. Uh, and, and that's not where your attentions are drawn. If they are, there are other issues at, <laughs> at work in the pastor's heart, right? Uh, so, number one, just obeying the scripture to disciple older women, who in turn disciple younger women, does two things. It keeps the pastors from the younger women and the mm-hmm. temptations that come from, from those interactions. 
Uh, and number two, it ensures, as we were talking about earlier, the, the, the actual discipleship uh, of the women in your church, older and younger. So one is just obey Titus two. That's helpful. But there are times, as we talked about, where younger women uh, do need the counsel of their pastors more immediately. Um, and I would say in such cases, um, never meet alone, sort of in private. Mm-hmm. You know, a young woman always meet in the church office with the door open or if you got a door with a window in it. Uh, if you don't have any windows on your office, man, that put that in the budget. Have some carpenters come by, cut a hole in your wall mm-hmm. so people can see you and be seen so on. Um, so always meet where there's some accountability, there's some public witness and eyes that are going on. And if it's possible, um, as often as you can, meet at least with the knowledge of, of your wife or other staff members or older women who are mentoring this young meet at least with other people knowing that you're meeting with them. Mm-hmm. Um, and sometimes where possible, meet with those persons in the room as well. Um, that that sort of uh, accountability sort of dries up the pool of potential um, inappropriate interactions. Um, the other thing to do is it has to do with what you share when you're in those spaces. Uh, pastoral ministry it, at this level in terms of counseling and discipling, um, you know, involves sometimes some fairly intimate details about people's lives. Um, I think pastors have to be careful with what details they solicit mm-hmm. uh, and sometimes need to cut people off and frame questions in ways that make it clear you're looking for a summary, not a, not a playback. Right. Um, and I think we certainly have to be careful uh, to keep pointing people toward Christ so that people aren't becoming more reliant on us mm. in those intimacies in ways that are inappropriate. Mm. Um, and so th- those would be among some simple things, I think, mm-hmm. um, to create some accountability that guard against immorality. Mm-hmm. Someone listening? Oh, Chris, yeah. do you have? Just the only thing I would add, I think that's all excellent, is um, for a pastor to know how to appropriately respond to women's emotions, mm-hmm. um, because women mm-hmm. do tend to be highly emotional. Mm-hmm. And if it's in a counseling situation, you know, we're going to cry, you know, <laughs> that sort of thing. And I think a pastor has to be wise about how he responds to those kinds of emotions in women, mm-hmm. um, because Women can often mistake mm-hmm. um, a pastor's, you know, trying to console touch. or comfort. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, touch. Mm-hmm. They can, uh, they can often misinterpret that. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, a pastor can be drawn mm-hmm. emotionally mm-hmm. to uh, a woman, and mm-hmm. he just needs to be on guard um, against that as well. So, um, just. You know, mm-hmm. leaning back rather than leaning in, mm-hmm. you know, allowing her space to have her emotion, you know, hand her a tissue, but don't touch her knee. Right. You know, mm-hmm. those kinds of things, mm-hmm. I think, are just wise practices for um, pastors in emotionally, you know, high emotional kinds of situations. That's well yeah. said. Mm-hmm. That's well said. Uh, you know, I, I keep the tissues by the chairs mm-hmm. so that I point to the tissue. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, the tissue. That's yeah. what the tissues are there yeah. for. Um, yeah, I mean, just just so much gets done even in the nonverbals. Mm-hmm. So Christy mentions the, you know, touch on the knee or the touch on the shoulder or the hug. While you, no, you don't need to do any of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, you don't need to do any of that because that 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 advances the intimacy. Mm-hmm. And it advances the, the sort of... Um, 
reliance on the pastor and the leaning into the pastor or the pastor being drawn into um, the, the story and the relationship mm-hmm. and to the person. Uh, and before you know it, there are hooks in one another's hearts mm-hmm. um, that can be really problematic down the road. Mm-hmm. So there is an appropriate distance. It isn't so far as we never interact with the women of our church. Right. That's Which seems like it would be the easier decision. That's right. right. That's right. But then you're talking about not even a hint of relationship. Right. That, that's not what the scripture says, right? It's not, it's not a hint of sexual morality. Right. So it's not so far as to have no relationship, but it is far enough back that you don't get sort of um, scorched by the flames of uh, lust mm. and emotion and things of that sort, mm. right? So we think of the Proverbs, can a man take fire into his bosom and not get burned? Mm. And um, there, there's ample opportunity to play with fire yeah. um, in, in these interactions in pastoral ministry. Yeah, and I think it's not to say that there's not a place for appropriate family affection, you know, um, you know, our church happens to be, you know, we hug each other and we greet each other right. in the mornings, you know, entering church and, and things like that. But, um, but again, that, you know, from a past, you know, I'm thinking from a pastoral perspective, mm-hmm. that should be very broad mm-hmm. in terms of all the women of the church and very brief, mm-hmm. you know, um, just a quick story. We were in a church one Sunday morning, and uh, this pastor was kind of towards the end of his sermon, I think it was. And he was kind of walking down the center aisle of the church. And he was kind of rubbing down the arm of particular women in the church service. It was uncomfortable and, for and, me. And one in particular. Yeah, and one in and, particular. And one in particular. Yeah. Not, not his wife. Yeah, not his wife, not every woman, just certain women he mm. seemed to be intentionally mm. kind of touching mm. to me highly inappropriately. So, not that. Yeah, right. <laughs> right. Not that. Not that. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Wow. So, well, and, and in this, you both have mentioned uh, the hard work of establishing accountability, the hard work of seeking wisdom on the matter. And then I also think of the series that we did not too long ago, T, about the people's greatest need, a holy pastor, mm-hmm. and how this just naturally dovetails with that. Mm-hmm. I mean, these this is why the people's greatest need, and we, we talked about the hyperbole there, their greatest need is Christ, but mm-hmm. the people's greatest need is a holy pastor for these matters. Yeah, and that's why you have to take seriously the qualifications of 1 Timothy 3 and Titus 1 mm-hmm. in choosing your leaders. So the most important decision that churches are going to make is who they call to be their pastors and their leaders. Uh, And one of the reasons why this is most important is because of what we're talking about. These men are then in turn going to be in the lives of the people and entrusted with the intimacies of the people. Um, And there's, that's just a place for either great exploitation um, or great effectiveness. And, um, and we want, we want to be as best we can sure that the people whom we're trusting in these contexts are godly people, Mm -hmm. as the scripture defines godly, Mm -hmm. uh, and therefore trustworthy Mm -hmm. uh, in that way. Mm -hmm. And you can't, um, I think, underestimate or just minimize the importance of taking each qualification listed in Mm -hmm. Timothy and Titus Mm -hmm. and evaluating men um, just kind of deeply on those things. So Mm self-control is... um, you know, it's throughout the scriptures mm-hmm. and particularly in relation to men. So mm-hmm. I think you can't minimize um, the need to evaluate 
a man in the area of self-control because they'll just show up in all kinds of ways, right. one of which is in their relationship um, to women in the church. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, in all of this, I'm just seeing how sufficiently the scriptures speak to this and connect on these issues mm-hmm. and talking about themes of self-control, the themes of wisdom, the themes of holiness. I want to double back on something T brought up, and Christy, you mentioned it as well, and that's the role of the pastor's wife in this. Uh, so most pastors generally would be married, uh, would have a wife, and you all, even in that horrifying anecdote you shared, you know, this this brother is touching women who aren't, who aren't his wife. Um, Christy, any is counsel for sisters who are married to pastors? Uh, any any encouragements of how you help T in this? Any thoughts mm-hmm. on how the pastor can, the pastor's wife can serve the pastor mm-hmm. uh, in counseling women uh, when he does either have to counsel younger women or disciple an older woman? Any thoughts on that? Yeah. Um, first and foremost is prayer. Just mm-hmm. praying daily, constantly throughout the day mm-hmm. um, for our husbands, um, and I'll just you know, speak personally. So, um, especially if he, I know he's going into some sort of counseling situation, whether it's a man or a woman, you know, mm-hmm. I'm praying for him in that time and um, and praying the kinds of things you were mentioning, you know, praying for his holiness, praying for self-control, praying that he would remain qualified uh, to pastor and shepherd. So praying through uh, those qualifications that we see in Timothy and other places for pastors and not just not assuming that that because things are great right now that, Mm -hmm. um, you know, that he won't be tempted Mm -hmm. in some way in the future. And we've seen tons of, you know, examples of that in the media and elsewhere Mm -hmm. of um, just kind of, you know, those things being taken for granted or just... um, you know, thinking that a pastor was above being tempted in certain ways. So I don't assume that he would never um, be tempted or anything like that. So I pray for him in those things. Um, And then also keeping lines of communication open so that if he is feeling some sort of attachment, temptation, whatever it is, um, he can at least express it to me. And uh, we've kind of talked about certain things that I need to hear and certain things that I don't need to hear. Um, So, you know, there's there's certain things that I need to hear as a wife in terms of his heart and how he's processing things. Um, But then I think there there are um, kind of there's kind of a line, not sure how to describe it, where it's not helpful for me to hear deep details Mm -hmm. on um, maybe a, a particular struggle, and it's more helpful for him to go to another brother and kind of work through um, that issue. So, um, and that's where the accountability is needed. That's where the accountability comes in, exactly. Um, so, you know, for myself as a, a wife of a pastor, I'm just praying for him constantly, um, prayerfully keeping our lines of communication open, um, just in terms of him being free to share. But also, uh, just in terms of our relationship in general, I think the more we work to make our marriage work, <laughs> um, that I think that is a protection against um, certain kinds, of, you know, certain kinds of temptations. Um, and you know, the heart is is deceptive, so we're not, you know, we're not, um, 
you know, we're not trusting ourselves, but we're entrusting ourselves to the Lord and in his keeping power and the power of the spirit to preserve us. Um, and so just having a level of trust in uh, what the Lord has called my husband to do and who he's called him to be. Um, and, you know, not finally trusting in him per se, but just trusting in um, the role that the Lord has called him to. And, um, yeah, and trusting that in the people that he's placed around him um, to serve as accountability in that way. Um, I think also, just as a pastor's wife, I try to make myself available when he says, you know, he needs me to sit in on a particular counseling session or if he would like for me to follow up with a woman on a on a particular issue. So just making myself available to, to serve him and to help him in that. Um, and uh, I don't know, you can fill in the blank time. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I think just I, I would be summarizing what you've said there. I think there are sort of uh, two prongs. One is the stuff you do in your own marriage to make your own marriage um, safe, satisfying, um, you know, sweet. You know, those things become protections. Those things keep the, uh, you hope those things uh, help keep the heart anchored to home um, and, and family. And so uh, just not cruising in your own marital life, yeah. as is so easy to do. Mm. The longer you're in the ministry, the easier it is to cruise. Mm. And, um, and the longer you cruise, the more dull you become to the speed that mm. you're traveling at and mm. the direction that you're going. So uh, just trying to be self-conscious and self-aware about your, your own marriage mm. and your own family and uh, applying God's grace to all the imperfections there and mm. growing together in grace. Um and, and then the other prong is just sort of partnering in the ministry itself. Now, and this is a place where every couple has different lines, right? So Christy was talking about the line that, that we've worked out in terms of how much I share with her about um, my, my own, say, struggle with lust, mm. lustful thoughts or things of that sort. Um, you know, there, there's some things she wants to know about my heart and, and what's going on with me. And there are other things it's like, yeah, you need to talk to a brother about that. <laughs> and and praise God that we can have that conversation and establish that principle. Now, that line may be at different places for different couples. I think the thing that's really important there is that you be honest about what you can handle mm-hmm. uh, as a couple mm-hmm. in that. Uh, so far, I won't know everything. <laughs> well, actually, you don't because right. when you hear it, you get salty mm-hmm. and uh, you get you get vindictive and, and the marriage is hurting. Mm-hmm. Um, and so to be honest about those things. The other thing to be honest about in terms of lines is on that second prong in the partnership about how much and in what ways to involve your spouse. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so the wife is not sort of another staff person to the church. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, she shares all the burden of the ministry because she's my wife but none of the responsibility mm-hmm. because she's not called to be a pastor or to shepherd the church mm-hmm. and so on. Um, and so that that partnering, if she follows up with a lady or sits in in a counseling session, uh, she's helping me carry the burden. But I don't want to cross the line of then treating her like staff mm-hmm. and then sort of uh, blurring the line between the ministry and the home mm-hmm. in ways that are unhelpful. Yeah. Uh, but I do think those are, those are two prongs that, that are really helpful in terms of a wife partnering in ways that help um, help to shepherd women in the church mm-hmm. and help to protect husband and marriage and family mm-hmm. at the same time. Yeah, and I think um, also just being watchful. Um, 
about uh, his relationships with women in the church. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, because there are times when, you know, as a wife, I might say, you know, I think, you know, she might have too much, you know, mm-hmm. too close of an attachment mm-hmm. to you right now or something like that. So just being watchful mm-hmm. with in his relationships with women, um, whether I think he might be unduly drawn in some way or whether I see an, another woman in the church um, kind of, you know, you know, in, inappropriately drawn mm-hmm. uh, to him. And, yeah. Yeah. And Trisha gets automatic veto on that. I mean, she mm-hmm. just, for me, the way my head and heart works on that is if she said, look, I don't know about so-and-so. Okay, then it's over for me and so-and-so. Mm-hmm. I don't have so any, there's no pushback. No, not for me. Yeah. I don't have any justification for so-and-so. I'm not yeah. trying to explain so-and-so. I'm not trying to pretend I know so-and-so's motive. Yeah. I'm not trying to act like I have superior knowledge of so-and-so, even if I've spent hours with so-and-so at that point. And right. Christy has only had 15 minutes of observation. Right. She saw something. And she's acting to protect our marriage and our relationship. Mm. Um, And I'm going to trust Christy implicitly uh, in whatever it is she thinks she sees. If she's wrong, we work that out later. Mm. And that's easier to work out later than if she was right and I didn't listen. And now Mm. we've got to work out, you know, adultery or Mm. some such thing. Um, Yeah. Yeah. So so Mm -hmm. it's just automatic for me. And, we you know, we work this out a little bit. Uh, early in our relationship, dating through college, <laughs> same kind of thing. Where don't be um, telling, don't be telling tell our stories. Of, <laughs> <laughs> tell all the used to be secret. Right? That's right. That's <laughs> right. Before, let me. Yeah. 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 It's not a playback. Yeah. Just, yeah. Right. Exactly. exactly right. We're not reliving it. That's I'm right. Just, I'm just speaking, speaking on, on it. it. <laughs> just speaking on it. But yeah, man, we, we we worked this out in God's grace. We weren't believers at the time. Sure. Um, but in God's grace, we worked this out earlier in our dating relationship, mm-hmm. where there were. A couple of instances of guys who who were pushing up on her, mm-hmm. and my wife doesn't meet strangers. She's very gracious, very kind, mm-hmm. uh, just a very loving, uh, loving woman. And um, even even as a teenager mm-hmm. and a young woman, and I would say, "Hey, yo, shorty, <laughs> <laughs> I, th- I think dude kind of like you, yeah. man. Let's let's put some distance." Like, oh no, he's just friendly. He's just... Now I'm a guy. I'm like, no. <laughs> Because when I said that, you know, I know what I did, you know what I mean? And so it, it took a couple near physical uh, altercations uh, for her to go, you know what? I'm going to let you handle it. Whatever, you know, whatever, whatever you say, you know, then I'm going with you on that. Yeah. One other point on that, just keep in mind. One more thing. Turn it back on him. Turn it back on him. No, but also, it just reminds me of the ways we speak to one another. Mm-hmm. Um, because this is another thing that happened early on. Yeah. You know, my husband being yeah. very just... You know, friendly, and he, you know he loves everyone too, and he's yeah. you know he's cool, and um, <laughs> and so he would um, refer to women as sweetheart or mm. or honey or something to mm. that effect, and we had to you know have conversation about that early on, like mm. that's you know Dang. you're cool, but that right there ain't cool. <laughs> you can't be calling other women sweetheart. Yeah. <laughs> the way she looked at me, <laughs> I was like, oh. Oh, you don't, oh, you don't like that. I, I, I wouldn't even think about that. Okay. But no, she's right, man. And you know what, man? I see, I see a lot of pastors who are too friendly. Yep. Yeah. Yep. And, and they may mean no harm. I mean, I, sure. you know, I'm not impugning their motives. I sure. really aren't. I'm just saying for the health of their own soul, their marriage, their church, and the people that pastor, 
you may need to be less friendly mm-hmm. than you would be naturally. Mm-hmm. And you may need the help of your spouse mm-hmm. to establish That's that. Because right. yeah. uh, yeah. I don't want to be leaving church with my with my wife salty. That's right. Looking at me kind of, you know. With sideways. Sideways. Because <laughs> I'm, I'm calling everybody sweetheart. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't need to do that. That's right. There, there's no biblical yeah. warrant right. for me to do that. That's and if right. I'm going to avoid every hint of sexual morality... Yeah, that's some things you just need to rein in and be wise about. Mm-hmm. And your tongue, James would tell us, you know, <laughs> that's yes, exactly right. Your tongue is one of the things to be most careful about. That's yeah. true. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, in, in all of this, and even through the, the journey down college. Uh, <laughs> college <laughs> Sorry, I took you back. Took you, back. you know you were coming to a counseling yeah, that's right, that's right. That's why I didn't go to NC State. <laughs> but uh, what I love, I mean, just the theme that I keep hearing um, is the work it takes and Chrissy you said it so beautifully it takes work to make your marriage work Mm -hmm. Uh, and it takes work to make your church and your pastoral relationships work and that's what I I feel like I'm hearing I want to touch on one last thing briefly Uh, now that we've established and talked about some appropriate boundaries and we talked about this a bit earlier I just want to talk about ways subtle ways pastors groom uh, women particularly uh, for abuse so we talked about the subtle touches whether Mm -hmm. that's a rub on the back a rub on the knee um, any other ways you talked about em- emotional hooks that can kind of hook in um, maybe imagining a pastor continually following up with a woman and he's initiating more than he ought mm-hmm. just any things you've seen in your your ministry experience of ways pastors are grooming that then leads naturally to abuse mm-hmm. yeah grooming is almost a technical term in the in the abuse literature whether we're talking sexual abuse or uh, other forms of abuse. So I'd encourage folks who are listening to this, if, if this intrigues you, if you have concerns about this, just go online mm-hmm. and, and type in grooming for abuse and things of that sort. And you, you'll find just reams of data, reams of information uh, on this. But let me just sort of tick off a few things that, that might be flags um, initially. Uh, one is oftentimes where abuse, someone's being groomed for abuse, mm-hmm. um, there is the establishment early on of secrets, mm-hmm. right? Um, so you think about uh, a man who molests a child. One of the things they constantly tell children is, you know, this is our special thing. Mm-hmm. This is our secret. Mm-hmm. Don't don't tell anybody, mm-hmm. right? Uh, if you that there, there should be no place for secrecy in pastoral ministry. Mm-hmm. So even on the point of sort of confidentiality, so when people think about getting counseling, they often have a secular view in mind, and they're often thinking about secular standards around confidentiality. Uh, before people counsel with me, I tell them right up front, I, I, I do not promise you confidentiality. If you mm-hmm. tell me something that other elders need to know in order to spiritually care for you, or even that the authorities need to know in order to protect you, um, then then I'm not bound to keep that. I'm, I'm going to make others aware of that. And even our meeting together, others are aware of it, right? So to be wary of the, the cultivation of secrets, mm-hmm. right? Not long after that, sometimes comes uh, threats, right? Um, so again, thinking about the child that's molested. You know, if you if you tell your mom or dad, I'm I'm going to harm your mom or dad, or I'm going to harm you, or I'm going to do some some sort of thing. Uh, and there are milder forms of that, you know. But uh, the use of threats and coercion uh, to keep the secret and to keep the abuse uh, going on. There's usually the fostering of some kind of um, improper dependence mm-hmm. upon the person. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, nobody understands me like you do. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, nobody nobody gets me. No, nobody listens to me like you do. Um, 
that that all can be very much a part of the grooming uh, that happens in in preparing um, uh, un, unfaithful, ungodly men, preparing women um, for uh, predatory sexual activity. Um, yeah, the, the the false promises that are made. You know, I'm I'm gonna leave. I'm gonna leave my wife. You know, I'm gonna I'm gonna do this. I'm gonna do that. I'll take care of you. I'll take care of you. All all part of the grooming, and and then most most damnable of all is the the manipulative manipulative use of God in God's name. Mm-hmm. God told me, or God wants you to do this. Um, this would be pleasing to God. Um, those kinds of justifications and rationalizations are part of the grooming that takes place uh, to prepare. Uh, people to be abused by ungodly mm-hmm. leadership in the church. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, and I think just for women who um, are listening in, I think if you in any way feel um, uncomfortable, um, threatened, um, any kind of way <laughs> that um, just puts a check in your spirit about your relationship with your pastor or elder. You need to let someone know. Mm. That's just bottom line. Um, you're only going to be um, serving yourself and your leadership by by letting someone know. Mm. Um, and maybe you feel uncomfortable, and it's your own heart. Still, it's you know it's proper to let someone know and to have accountability and help to work through you know your own emotions. But um, if you feel like the pastor or your elder is being inappropriate in any sort of way, don't hesitate to involve um, other elders or leadership of the church. Yeah, and and to to sort of build on that, don't hesitate to put distance between you and the person that you think is being inappropriate. So don't stay in the situation that's inappropriate because you're doubting yourself. Uh, Let someone know. Get the distance, then figure it out. Mm -hmm. Distance brings clarity Mm -hmm. in these situations and uh, it's easier to repair, again, I misunderstood what you were saying or that gesture than it is to repair, oh, now I'm sucked into this three years long adulterous right. relationship right. that I didn't want to be in, but he's my pastor and he told me God said, yeah. and now if I if I tell people, there are all these consequences, mm-hmm. you know, so, mm-hmm. so realize that telling somebody, as Chrissy said, and putting distance in place immediately, mm-hmm. that's actually the, the ounce of prevention mm-hmm. that, that's worth the pound of cure yeah. uh, in this situation. Amen. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I've heard it said that it's better to confess and repent of a thought than it is to confess and repent of an action. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. In, in all of this, uh, thank you all so much for uh, just the wisdom. I praise God for that, that we've talked about uh, these different matters. And we've talked about these boundaries uh, but our ultimate goal is to see our sisters flourish mm-hmm. in the ministry. Uh, and this is a part of seeing that flourishing. Uh, but next time, I want to talk about how can we then get sisters with this wisdom in mind, by God's grace, how can we then get sisters to the uh, to the mission? And uh, by that, I either mean the field or just the ministry in general, mm-hmm. uh, seeing them, giving them meaningful ministry in our churches mm-hmm. uh, that is appropriate and, uh, Lord willing, God glorifying. So we'll mm-hmm. chop that up next time and we'll leave college right here. <laughs> 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 Thank you. Thank you.